Hi, my name is Justin Evans, part of the leadership team here at DCC. We want to welcome you to a Church in the City podcast. This is our midweek podcast where we discuss the message that we heard on Sunday. And thank you guys for listening. We hope you guys enjoy this podcast, that it enriches and encourages you today, and that it serves towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Let's take a listen. So we're going to talk about Sunday's sermon that Dan Grinwis delivered. He did an excellent job. He gave us a lot to chew on. Uh, my mouth is full, and uh, it's been a really good day the last couple of days uh, just trying to draw out some nuggets that we can we can talk about. So the message that he had uh, was called Eavesdropping on Jesus. Now, my grandma told me that eavesdropping was not a good thing, but as children, a lot of times we do hear some pretty intense conversations, and that's what we're trying to do today is just draw some of those things that we heard Jesus have conversations with people. So... The first conversation we're going to talk about is in John chapter 3. It's when Nicodemus and Jesus had a conversation. Um, I'm just going to go right to the scripture, and then we're going to get started. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 16, it's like worldwide known. People who don't even care about Jesus know that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, but there's a whole story there. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the nighttime. Nicodemus, he was a religious way up on the scale. So that being said, uh, Jesus replied, he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? So here we have Nicodemus, mm -hmm. religious leader. He's seeing the miraculous signs that Jesus is doing, but how do I do this, Jesus? Yeah. And Jesus is walking him through this step. He's walking through this step by step, and he's, he's slowly bringing the thing that Nicodemus knew so well, but now the Messiah is right before him. So I guess I would ask you guys, um, and maybe dig into your memory banks a little bit here, what was that like for you, that salvation experience, when you first heard about that? Um, and, and what did that do on the inside of you, uh, that transformation that took place? Because as believers, it's real to each of us. Um, so, Lori, I would start with you. What did, what did that look like for you? Ye must be born again. When you heard the word, when you heard Jesus invite you what did that look like or what can you what can you say about that yeah well yeah that is digging back deep here um I so I grew up in a Christian home we went to church and so I was used to all the motions at a very young age mm. um but I think I'm gonna talk about when Jesus really got my heart because to mm. me that's when I got saved and um that wasn't till later in college mm. and um yeah I mean for me it was like it was like a completely coming to the end of my own road and my own mm. self moment and um and yeah, at this point, I was in so much um, just bondage and darkness. Mm. I mean, I guess I just picture, like, myself in a pit, 
I was in a pit, you know, mm. and I felt like I couldn't get out. Um, and, um, yeah, I was kind of at the end of myself and I started, um, I started walking the neighborhood, uh, streets around my college and I just started walking and walking. And that's when I felt like I started hearing God's voice for the first time. Mm. And I was so lonely. I was completely broken and lonely. Mm. And I felt like that's where he met me and, um, and that's when, for me, the transformation from the inside out started happening. And my whole life, I was kind of straddling, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But that was the moment where I was like, I'm all in. Like, here's my heart. And um, it was joyful because wow. it was the moment where I started walking into freedom and healing. And That's awesome. So, like, going back to that, mm -hmm. and that kind of goes along with what, as I, as I really just meditated on this portion mm -hmm. of Scripture today. Here he is, a Jewish person, his whole life. He, he learned about mm -hmm. the Jewish mm -hmm. traditions, the laws, what the Messiah looked like. Mm -hmm. But he never, I don't think until that moment, had a, I mean, we see right. a one-on-one right. moment with Jesus. Yeah. And so what I would phrase this section that we're talking about right now is the restrictions mm -hmm. of religion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because religion, you can learn this and do this and do that. Right. And you think you're good. Yeah. But until you have a moment like you're talking about, mm -hmm where you actually take the time to to invite his voice, so to speak. Mm -hmm. That's when true freedom took place. And I think those seeds that Jesus was planting mm -hmm. in that moment, introducing, like, you've learned about these things, yeah. but I'm right here in front of you right now. Right. And the conversation that took place, I believe, caused him to come to that place of freedom that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's so that, and that's what, that's what John chapter 3 is all about. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. taking off the restrictions of religion. Yeah and introducing ourselves to Jesus, and he's calling us to that next level. So wherever we are at, we can always go to that next level with him. Right. He calls us deeper. Mm -hmm. But that's good. Thank that's you for good. sharing for that. Yeah. Russ, what about you? Uh, I Similar, I guess. I grew up in church, but there was no relationship, mm. you know. Never yeah. heard about being born again hmm. until um, probably 16 going okay. to a charismatic whatever you want to call full gospel church yeah. and i was introduced to um salvation at that point and it was just a contrast between growing up in a in the type of church that i came from there was no joy it mm. was like you're talking the rules the restrictions <laughs> the do's and don'ts you yeah. know and to be honest with you, I hated church. Yep. So I was just living like the devil as much as I could. And mm. but then when I had that experience at that church, um, it was still four years later before I finally came to a place where I was ready to receive that. But there was a seed that was planted at that point. Wow. And um it just living the way I was. They finally got to the place where, you know, like the Bible says, sin is fun for a season. Yeah. And my season came to an end, and I just, mm. I knew what I needed to do. So I just kind of made a decision to move back home and um, started going to church at that same church with my dad. And four weeks later, I gave myself, gave my life to Christ. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, we're talking about this thing that pops in my head is, you know, because we're talking about religion. I think there's so many people in our communities that are religious, mm-hmm. right? They do the right things. They say the right things. They know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. They know that that's wrong, that that's bad. And I remember uh, I went to a uh, Christian school when I was younger, and they had some crazy rules. Like, and I'm not going to go into the details. I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. In my head, I'm like, that's, that's stupid. Like, why? Okay, here's a, here's a great one, right? Hopefully, nobody from school is listening right now. If you are, feel me. So for basketball games, we had to wear pants, like literally sweatpants or windbreakers. Wow. Guys, please forgive me. Don't make any comments on my page. I love you all. But, okay, so you follow me. You'll figure this out. So, like, in my head as a kid, I'm like, I'm sweating. This doesn't feel good. Why would we do that? We could probably win more games if I could be a little bit more cooler, wasn't sweating, and have to drink three gallons of water for the game. You know, that's my reasoning. Is a, but this school that I went to was very religious, and it was very holy to wear things that covered below your knee, right? Because anything above, you're a sinner and you're not a good person. I mean, that, that's kind of the... Con- so I had rules put on me and I didn't fully understand those rules. And to me, it caused actually a lot of more rebellion to stir up. But now, later in life, I'm to this place where and I have not arrived, so that's the disclaimer I'm going to make right now. Absolutely not. But there's a things in my life that back then I didn't understand, but now because I walk and I, and I, and I talk with Jesus, he puts things in my life. He says, really, is that a good thing? And he causes me to do things differently that back then I would never even considered that were bad, good, or whatever. But he just he calls us out of that religious dead zone into relationship with him. And then he just pours his life. And then those things that you didn't have a full understanding of, because really that system of, of wearing pants back then, that, that holiness movement, I think when it first started back whenever that thing burst out and came out, there was good things like people were feeling conviction to be separate from the world. But when you throw rules on people mm-hmm. without getting their heart and that thing, you're going to lose people every single time. So thank God that Jesus broke it down for Nicodemus and for us. And I would just encourage everybody listening, ask yourself the question, what religious things are still in my life? And maybe you're unaware of that, but have that conversation with Jesus from this day forward and say, Jesus, what's there? And he will conversate with you as you open your heart and, and, and let him do what he does best. And that goes right to the core of the issue. So awesome. Well, we're going to move on to the next part of uh, Dan's message. And it had to do with the, the woman at the well. And in John chapter 4, this is so cool. Like, all right, I'm just going to go off on a tangent real quick. So the woman at the well here, it's in John chapter 4. And Jesus, he sends his disciples into town to get food. He's by the well. He's tired. And he sees this Samaritan woman. So the whole thing there is like, apparently there was barriers between the Jewish people and the Samaritan people. They didn't like each other. There was ah, hostility. So he asked this lady, she's, Will you give, please give me a drink of water? It blows her mind, first of all, because she's like, You're Jewish. You shouldn't be talking to me. And without trying to deep dive and do like a word study on this whole thing, it was the middle of the day where people weren't getting water, but she was. And I think it's because of the lifestyle she had and the different things that she encountered that she wasn't at the well with the community of women, her community. 
She just wasn't. She was all alone. That wasn't an all alone event. People did that in community. So she was separated for some reason. Um, but what really is interesting here that I had this thought today, uh, this location was near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. They called it Jacob's well. And the, they were having this dialogue about water. And I'm trying to get to the point here where it says this. I'll start in verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. So then she's like, I, I'm pretty proud of this Samaritan lady because she doesn't back down from this conversation. It's actually really interesting. She says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. So she's challenging. She doesn't know it, but the author of life, the one who walks on water, the one who made water, the one who... All, she's challenging him like she doesn't know who he is. And this is the funny part about this is she says, where would you get this living water? She's like, besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? So I can see your head kind of bobbing, doing this kind of thing. Like, And this is so cool because this is the thought I had today. So welcome to my mind for just a second. She challenges him and says, who do you think you are greater than Jacob? When the fact was... If we go back into the Old Testament, this is the little gem I'm dropping right now because it just dropped on me in this moment. I mean, today. He was there when he wrestled with Jacob in this area. And what did he do in that moment? It says he wrestled with God. A lot of people call it the angel of the Lord. A lot of people think it was Jesus. I'm not sitting here to preach about that. But Jesus was there in that moment, as Dan referenced, 18 centuries ago. And he's here in this region, in this moment, at Jacob's well. And all that time ago, Jesus, God, wrestled with Jacob to cause a transformation in Jacob's history, in his destiny, that caused a new name and a new limp to take place. And here it is, because she says, do you think you're greater than Jacob, our ancestor? She relates back to Jacob. Her fam, she's in that family line. It's just, it's, it's all twisted and weird because they're Samaritans, they're crossed, and that's why the Jews are so disgusted with them. But Jesus, all this time later, is wrestling with somebody who is wrestling with something that has caused her to be an outcast. And so, how can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? So thank you for going on that journey with me. I just thought it was so interesting that she challenges him, you think you're better than Jacob? Jesus was so humble. He didn't say, actually, I wrestled with Jacob a long time ago. I caused Israel to be Israel. I mean, he didn't drop that at all. He was so humble. He, he was slowly taking her on this journey to cause transformation in her life. And really, as we see, the whole community's transformation. Because she went into town and said, come and see. So I guess... I'll, I'll, I know I'm doing a lot of talking here, and I really want you guys to talk, but I had to share that. Well, that's good. Jesus <laughs> is challenging us wherever we're at not to hold back because she was in that situation because of decisions that she made. And as they're dialoguing, she says, I don't have a husband. Because he said, go get your husband. And he's like, good job. He didn't, he didn't belittle her. He encouraged her. He says, you've actually had five 
husbands. So she's, so she's like, like, I think light bulbs are going off because at that point she's like, you're a prophet. So first she dogs him and says, get out of town. You think you're greater than Jacob? And this is just, I'm going to stop talking right here because I keep going, but what we see is as he takes her from, I want some water. Sir, you don't have a bucket. I don't have a, no. He takes her from that point to, what are you, are greater than Jacob? Now he's he's bringing her on this path of, I'm the Messiah. Right. So that being said, what would you guys say to people out there who feel like they're stuck by past decisions that they've made that has caused shame to come into their life to cause them to isolate themselves from community? Because there are people who have things that took place in their past, either by their choice or not by their choice. You know what I mean? They were subjected to abuse, whatever. But here they are today. What would you say, Lori, to encourage those people to come to, to this place that we're talking about? Are we talking at all about, yes. re- <laughs> about relationship being cut off with Jesus as well? Or are you just talking about... Yeah, you know, I think... Like the shame separating you from Jesus and community? Yeah. Yeah. Both. I mean, whatever okay. we can go, we can go either way, whatever you want to speak to. Okay. I mean... Well, because my mind went to, um, you know, for if you have any anything in your past or shame, Jesus is bigger than any of that. Mm. So run to him first. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, community, we find healing in community as well, but it's nothing like what Jesus can do. So I would say first, run to him, and a little testimony with that. Mm. Yeah. I remember, um, so I kind of shared about the moment when I felt like was my salvation moment, but as we all know, you walk that out, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to think how... Eh, I don't know. Maybe this was four or five years later or something. And, um, but yeah, I just remember I was starting to dig into my past more. And, mm. and I think I was starting to hunger for, um, uh, I don't I think things were triggering it to come up, I think. And so I was like, okay, I got to deal with this a little deeper. And um, I just always think of, I always think of this. We all hide sometimes from him, but just how silly that is, right? Because that's what mm. shame is. It's, it's putting the fig leaves on and trying to hide. Yeah. But um, and I think most of us know this up here, but to really remember in those moments that he already knows. Mm. He's already forgiven. And a huge moment for me was when um, I finally was just like, I had this moment with the Lord where I was like, okay, you know, this is everything I've done, kind of, right? And just kind of like rehashing it with him. And I really felt like it was the moment where I, like, you know, any human being would walk away, you know, and be like, ugh, that's too much, you know, I'm done or whatever. But that was the moment where I'll never forget, but he said, um, I never stopped loving you. You know, it was, wow. it, it was like a moment where I, I knew he, he saw everything I did. Yeah. But it was a moment where he was like, I never stopped loving you. And I could tell his heart was just, 
you know, his heart was grieved as I was doing those things, but his heart was, I just want to rescue my daughter, you know, from this bondage and this hurt. So anyway, I guess all that to say, it was such a healing moment for me to just bring that before the Lord and to feel his love that never left, even through all the junk. And Mm. so I, my encouragement would be to talk to him, journal it out and listen or, or go to scripture and that all the truth that, that would heal and set you free. That's good. That's really good. Russ, you want to jump in there? She's got my mind running. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. What's well, so good what you're saying? You know, it, it the, the shame thing is is a wrestle, you know, mm-hmm. and it's trying to get people to understand that back to the first point, you know, it's not about do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. It's always about his love. Yeah. You know, he's done it all. I heard a guy on the radio say there's two religions in the world. You have the religion of what's done, which is Christianity, and all other religions fall under the do mm. category. It doesn't That's matter good. what it is. Mm-hmm. Every good. religion is asking you to do something mm. where the one that we are in is done because wow. Jesus did it all. Wow. And I that thought that was a tremendous revelation. Wow. Of That's wonderful. How we are brought into a family where... Our big brother, our mm. savior, he did everything that we could not do. Mm-hmm. Right. And he did it because he loves us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, and it, it's the love that we have to have the understanding of to yeah. keep from running away from him when we do make mistakes or we have those moments of shame that yeah. want to have us pull away from him. Mm. Is that his arms are always wide open. Yeah, that's so good. We're doing this message uh, series right now about salvation in youth, and we talked about that in the very beginning. Like you mentioned, the fig leaves. What were they doing? They, they figured something out. They felt shame, and they had religion from there. They had their own works to put together these fig leaves. And as we were discussing in the group of the, with my youth leaders, we were talking about Adam. He named all the animals. Well, it said God provided skin to cover themselves. And it was like, I'm sure that wrecked Adam even more to see one of the creatures that was in They never saw death until God provided that animal. I mean, because you can't, they didn't, he didn't rip that skin off. I mean, that animal had to die. That's where we first see the shedding of blood. It doesn't say that God went out and sat, but it says, I mean, we can read between the lines there. So God, from the very beginning, it says that before the world was formed, that Jesus was slain. It says that in Revelation. Jesus, our Savior, comes in this moment. He's pointing He's pointing to himself. He's pointing this is what's going to take place. He's the one that takes away our, our, our sin and our shame. He takes away our guilt. So really, let's not hinder that process is what I'm hearing you say. Because he already knows. Right. And there's so much healing that takes place when you confess. Like 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive that. But until we release that, we're hanging on to that, and it's anchoring us to this dead past. Right. So that's really good. You guys any any other comments about the woman at the well? Well, I just have one other thought about mm-hmm. 
kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, it just is amazing that just how costly Jesus's blood, that it does cover, you know, anything, right? There's nothing to, I guess I'm just feeling like we need to say it again. Like yeah. there's nothing too big or dark that his blood can't cover. Because I think we're all tempted out of shame to feel like, well, that can't work for me. Or you know what I mean? Mm. I must be the exception or I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I don't know yeah. if you've ever felt that way, but I have. And then the other thing I just wanted to say is, you know, I said first run to Jesus. And I stand by that at the same time. Um, community can help, you know, like, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to diminish community because community can also, mm-hmm. you know, lead us right to, sometimes we need other people to take our hand and put it in his too. And that can be the moment where we encounter right. that healing. So, And I would just say this too, because you're talking about the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm how it covers, Mm -hmm. but the Bible specifically says, as far as the East is from the West, I will remove. Yeah, true. And it says in Psalms, it talks about how I'll make you white as, like with hyssop, white as snow. Yeah. So really the remission of sins, that thing is, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. And so he's, and here's the thing. Once you bring that up, hopefully this helps somebody and you confess that, Mm He's faithful in his word. He says, I'm going to take that and throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. He's not going to bring that back up. So if you go ahead, acknowledge whatever that is, that sin, that, sin, that shame, that guilt, whatever it is, he's going to come in and do what he does. But if it comes back to haunt you, it comes back to condemn you, know this, that's not him. Right. Yeah, amen. That's the enemy or maybe somewhere up here where yeah. you have stored it, where you haven't completely allowed that. Because I can speak from experience. I've made a lot of mistakes. But when I go to him, he doesn't give me a card to make mistakes, like get out a free jail card, like, oh, I'm going to make this over and over again. That's, that's, not, that's not good. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about I'm repentant. I messed up. And he takes that away and he cleanses us. There's something cleansing about when we apply the blood of Jesus. Yeah, amen. So if it comes back, no, it's not him. That's somebody else's voice, either the voice of yourself or the voice of the enemy. And just go ahead, and if it comes back, go to his word that says, nope, Jesus forgives me. He cleanses me from all unrighteousness according to his blood. What a mighty price he paid. The only one who could ever pay that price was him. And he did it, and he paid it in full for you and for me. So that's really good. Really good. Uh, So we move on. Dan was all over scripture on Sunday. Yeah. I felt like I was. I don't know where I was at. Like he, He brought it. He brought a chunk. It wasn't just like, oh, here's some sliced deli ham. He was throwing porterhouse on the table. And rump, I mean, it was like, whoa. I was, I, I love this. So um, we go into the story here. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And so there's a lot to this story. And the things I want to point out here is when he gets to the place where Lazarus is in the tomb, he's in that area now. Martha comes out and she asks Jesus or says this to Jesus. She's like, she says this. 
if you were here, my brother would not have died. It's like the first thing she says to Jesus. If you were, so she had faith in Jesus, which is good. If you were here, he would not have died. She believed that, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. She goes back to the house where Mary's at. Mary comes out. The first thing she says to Jesus, if you were here, my brother would not have died. She loved Jesus. She loved her brother. She had faith in Jesus that he had the ability to heal the sick. All of the Jewish folk that came from Jerusalem two miles away came on the scene, and they see Jesus, and they ask this question. I think we're in John chapter... I, I know it. And they say, is that not the friend of Lazarus? If he was here, he's doing all these... He, he could have kept him from dying. So you have all these people believing in Jesus that he is a healer of sickness, but nobody, nobody in that place drew on the faith... They didn't have faith. Drew on Jesus that he could raise... Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. Nobody. These are good people. Well, Mary and Martha are good people. I don't know about the other people. They could have been hired mourners. Uh, I'm going to stop right there. Do you have anything to say, Lori, right now about that? I just, I'm taking it somewhere, but it's just super. No, no, sorry. No, I'm good. Oh, I just keep going. I was going to look something up while you did that. So, so nobody had faith in Jesus to raise now it's been four days mm-hmm. and without going into all the details after so many days the body starts decomposing like decay is really set in rigor mortis huge Lazarus is dead he's somewhere but he's not there and so Jesus, the shortest verse in the Bible says Jesus wept. There's speculation why he wept, but he saw humanity. He saw that death had a hold on the people that he loved. Not only because he knew what was going to happen. He knew what the father told him. He, he stayed where he was extra long on purpose because he knew what God wanted to do with Lazarus. He prolonged, because he could have gotten there and did what they all said he could do. But God had something bigger in mind for not only that community, but for you, for me, and everybody that can hear us tonight. The unthinkable was about to take place. Now, if we go back into Scripture, we see a few instances where people came back from the dead, but nothing like this. When... Uh, Elijah or Elisha went and raised the widow's son. He came back to life. It wasn't that many days. When they threw um, that soldier or somebody was injured on the bones of Elisha or Elijah, I can't remember right now, he came back to life. Jesus, as we are about to see, who, he who holds the keys of death, hell, and the grave is about to unlock something and put an imprint on these people and us that he can do the unthinkable, the unimaginable, the thing that God placed him here in our lives for, in our midst for. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, Dan did a really good job at doing this. 
but he just gave me some extra. I mean, I'm telling you what, I got to preach myself happy like 15 <laughs> times today. It was really fun. So thank you, Dan. Grinuous. Thank you very much. The, this is what I would say, and I'm going to keep going now. You guys jump in anytime here. The sorrow that keeps you from seeing today and tomorrow, the things that anchor you in the past, because they knew something that could have taken place, but they couldn't see what was about to take place, and they couldn't see the future because they were so full of sorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I would say if you're experiencing sorrow, mm-hmm. as Jesus came on the scene, allow Jesus to come on the scene, mm-hmm. and we, know, we, we all know that the story is Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. So, yeah, this is where, like, the, the preacher comes out of me because I, got, I just really see people who experiencing who are experiencing grief mm-hmm. for things that they can't change. They were hoping for a different outcome, mm-hmm. and it didn't take place because they thought if something was di- Jesus, if you were there. Mm-hmm. And so can we invite Jesus on the scene now and expect him to do the miraculous? to speak the things that we knew for sure should have lived if he'd been there, but can he bring those dead things back mm-hmm. to life? Wow. Can he do what he needs to do in your situation? Or can you not see past your sorrow mm-hmm. because of that experience that took place? There's a lot in all of that, what I'm trying to say, but Lori, jump in. Just say whatever you need to say. Hmm. What do I need to say? I mean, you could, I could keep going. I just, I just don't want to. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm getting stirred up. Just listen. I kind of don't want you to stop. Okay. So here we but, go. So, no, oh, go ahead. Good. Yes. The butt. There we go. Uh, yeah. I'm just trying to think here. I don't know. I don't know if this is helpful, but yeah, I, I just feel like, I mean, what you're talking about is kind of, the power of feelings and emotions mm-hmm. and how it can cloud our spiritual vision. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So how do we break out of those emotions mm. and jump back into that seat of faith where we can, yeah. They had, a, they had an unmet expectation. Right. Oh, yeah. I do have something. There you go. I just have <laughs> Good job. Okay, hang on. What? Okay, Isaiah 54. I want to say Isaiah 54 1. I think it's the part where um, it says, Oh, sing barren woman who's never had a baby. Um, and I can't remember how it keeps going, but yeah, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Anyway, I remember, I love Isaiah 54. It's mm. been a passage I've sat in many a times throughout my, my years, but I remember reading a commentary on that first part. So I was like, what in the world? Mm. What, you know, like I just wasn't getting it. I'm like, yeah. what, what could this mean? But anyway, and maybe you have some commentary, but I just remember reading one commentary was talking about how it's basically saying like break forth into praise now mm. before you see even God's provision or faithfulness. It's like praising by faith. Yeah. You know, knowing that, not knowing how or when or details, but being like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
getting into that that spirit of believing I guess it's just believing by faith but that's good it's easy to sit in the sadness but Mm. how do we get and you know how can we make that shift it's easy to sit in the sadness Mm -hmm. but how do we make that shift Mm -hmm. see here we are 2,000 years later after Jesus came Mm -hmm. lived this amazing life was Mm -hmm. buried rose again and now is in heaven and so we get Mm -hmm. to get back and be not critical but we get to really just glean from the steps of the master. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would encourage everybody to do. Go ahead and Mm -hmm. glean. Mm -hmm. And just like Dan was talking about eavesdropping on Jesus. What is he talking? He's talking about listen Mm -hmm. and listen with your heart because religion wants you to listen up here. But we need to get it here and really hear what he's saying Mm -hmm. about us right now. Jesus is not a respecter of persons. He's Mm -hmm. the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm -hmm. So us knowing that, we can apply, we can, we, can, we can press in to Jesus knowing that he wants to do the same for us that he did for the woman at the well, mm-hmm. that he did for Nicodemus, mm-hmm. that he's about to do for Lazarus, mm-hmm. what he did for all of those bystanders. Mm-hmm. Here's another cool thing. Lazarus, his friend whom he loved, mm-hmm. did nothing for Jesus to do what he did. He was dead. Mm-hmm. He was dead. He was decaying. He was gone. He was a goner. Yeah. Jesus directed different people in that area to do things physically that would cause this amazing supernatural. Let me just stop and say this, though. Even though Lazarus came back from the dead and all those miracles he did, the greatest miracle, and this is what Dan was talking about Sunday, mm-hmm. the greatest miracle is the new birth. Mm. The greatest miracle mm-hmm. is salvation. Jesus did all yeah. of this to say, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. There is no way mm-hmm. to the Father except through me. He did all of that. He shed his blood so people could see the light. He said, I am the light. Mm-hmm. Here's, we can go on different layers of this, but he's speaking to different people in different, um, I don't want to say levels, but different walks. Right. We have mountain climbers. We have... Um, or like if you like a regular bike path or whatever, like a walker, mm-hmm. that's different than a mountain climber. Mm-hmm. Not to say one's better than the other. They're just, mm-hmm. they're just at different places in life. So as a believer, you have to decide where you're at and ask Jesus to take you to that next level. Sometimes we don't want to because we're not comfortable mm-hmm. and want to, we don't want to go there. So Jesus spoke to the dead man. He came up. And then let me let me read this section of scripture and let's let's see what you think about this, Russ. See if I pass the test over here. So in John chapter eleven, oh, that's not what I want. Jesus, he speaks to Lazarus, but Lazarus was bound in cloths. And this is what I thought was pretty interesting. He's been, well, we'll go back to that in a second. But it says, The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a head cloth, and Jesus told them, Unwrap him and let him go. Even after Jesus gave the direction of life, he still needed help. 
and this is what I, I guess I would say, I'm not trying to like get off in crazy symbolism or all that. God will send people into your life to help you. And if you refuse that help that he sent your way, that's really silly. Yeah, that's true. Because he's, you know, dead man, get out of that grave. Yeah, that's great. But you need some help. What if he said, I don't want any help? You know, if he started struggling, doing that mummy, wouldn't that be silly? So what are you going to do when you're in that situation? And Jesus has spoken life, and now, wow, you're awake again. He's going to send people that are his disciples, that are filled with his love, to be able to minister and speak, to do maybe something physical that you couldn't do yourself. Um, one more thing. And then Russ is going to take it. I can feel it. <laughs> we know here we have this situation where Martha's like, if you would have been here, Mary, if you would have been here, all these Jews, if you would have been here. Well, then he raises them from the left. Now, Martha, she's getting on my nerves right here because she protested. Mar- Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. She's trying to talk Jesus out of doing something miraculous. How many times in our lives do we try to talk Jesus out of doing something that's dead? We know it to be dead. It stinks. I don't want to go there mm-hmm. because it's going to inconvenience my senses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. How many times have we put limits on Jesus because it stinks? Mm-hmm. So, Russ, I know I've talked a lot over here. <laughs> There's things in life that stink. What would you say to people that they just don't want to deal with something because it doesn't feel good or they, they think that, yeah, I don't want to go there? What would be your encouragement to those people to allow Jesus, if, if they are, if he is prompting them to do something? Well, it's like I share with my kids all the time. We have choices in life, and there's consequences that come with choices. Mm. You know, it's, I, I take them back to when God was putting Joshua in charge to replace Moses. Mm. He showed him the way. Choose, you know, life and death, blessings and cursings, but he tells you what to choose. Mm. Choose life. Choose Choose blessings. Mm. Ultimately, we always have a choice. So I try to encourage people in those situations. Excuse me what the choice is because God's always giving us the choice to mm. make. He, he leads us in the direction he wants us to go. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, ultimately, we can't make people choose what's right for them, what's <laughs> best for them. Wish we could. Yeah, because of our free will. Yeah, that free will. So you do the best you can to encourage them. Mm-hmm. You lead them to the truth, share truth. Yeah. You know? I can't strong arm somebody, but uh, you wanna you wanna show them the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right answer you're looking for. Oh but, no, that's uh, a great answer. You know, yeah. <laughs> when you when you first said the question, my first thought was, you know, like a warning. It'll only get stinkier. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if we have ah, something stinky go. going on <laughs> inside yeah. of our hearts, life and death. You know, it's like. I don't know. It's like we need to gain some wisdom, right? Yeah. I mean, we got to take out the trash or it's going to smell like rotting meat or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
it's only going to get stinkier. So, yeah. Yep. That's good. That's good. You know, in I guess that where I'm, the flesh, that's, that's the thing that doesn't want to deal with the problem. Right. Right. The flesh. I mean, that scripture verse that talks about the spirit is willing. There's a lot mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. The spirit of God is willing. Your spirit, when it's connected with his, but what's, what's always that war? We don't, we war that flesh rises up and says, no, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. That's, but what you're doing by, if you submit to your flesh, your will, your mind, emotions, you're really causing that thing to fester and get more right. stinky and more nasty. Right. And then you're closing off that whole area. And before you know it, you're like the hunchback of Notre Dame. And you got right. this whole growth that's like, what is that? <laughs> really, there's a good person in there. But man, you got to, mm-hmm. how, you know, does that make sense? Is that, yeah, good? well, and again, is that I okay think- with, that wasn't, we can talk about the hunchback, right? <laughs> Okay. I thought that, I you thought just that did. was great. <laughs> that visual was like very effective. Yeah. Oh, I didn't it's have any baggage, sound effects. Right? Yep. <laughs> baggage. <laughs> baggage. Baggage. Let's deal with the. It was, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. It's so good to talk about it plainly and talk about having a hunchback because mm. the enemy, you know, again, tries to deceive. <laughs> but again, straight now. <laughs> if we. If we look at it plainly, like you were saying, Russ, that it's life or death, you know, yeah. like if, if it was always in plain sight in front of us, mm. would you like death or life? If we saw it plainly, who, who would choose that? Right. You know what I mean? So anyway, it's just, yeah. Sometimes we don't always see the effects of those things right. in our lives. So right, like right, right. you've been talking about community, yeah. and I think what Jonathan's getting at as well is when someone comes to you, sometimes you need help. You mm. need someone encouraging you to see right. how this thing is affecting you, mm-hmm. whether it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, blind so, spots. Right, right. Blind right. Spots. So often we don't really recognize how those areas that we're struggling yeah. with affect us and those around us. Yeah. You set me up perfect for the next segment because God has not given us the gift of discernment to choose or look at our fellow brother's sin. Like, I'm really good at seeing. No, he did not (laughs) give you that pointer finger to choose that person. Oh, I know you. Which brings me to the next section that Dan went to is John chapter 9. In verse 1, it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? That's all that they gave Jesus, those two options. And what I have written down here is, when you assume doom and gloom, that's not good. When you look at something and you come away with, oh, that's because they did this, or that's because of this, my question would be to you, who made you judge? Now, that's a, that's a kind of a firm, stern question, but I think it's okay that I ask it. I'm getting a nod. It's okay over there. The ignorance of assumption. You make yourself to look horribly ignorant when you assume things. Who? Ignorant to who? Well, 
Mm-hmm. His eyes are watching everywhere. He sees everything. He has, and not, if anybody can judge, it's him. But he's not sitting up there judging. He's already judged. He's loving. And he's not calling us, hey, stop judging. He's like, and as we see in this conversation here with his disciples, he's calling them to a higher place, mm-hmm. not belittling them or rubbing it in their face that you guys are way wrong. But this is what Jesus says. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. And what I would say to our audience, which I believe is probably mostly believers, God's called you to be a light in the world. He hasn't called you to point and say, why is that because of this or that? He says, do what you're assigned to do. And Jesus says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, preach the good news, preach with love in your heart, not a judging finger. And as the saying goes, if you're pointing that finger, you've got four pointing back at you, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that meal is so great. Like I said, Dan, he put some porterhouse on the table Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we just get in close and listen to what Jesus is saying, we know that he wasn't doing anything but showing us the way to the Father, filled with love. And in this story right here, we see that if we assume, we assume too much because we don't know the hurts of people. We don't know their past. But what we can do, I believe, is to ask the question instead of seeing something and point fingers Lord, what do I need to do? What would your heart be if you were here? You know, switch yeah. that around instead of, yeah. because it's so easy for us to judge and assume. I mean, I've, I've, been, I've done it how many times within the last week? Oh, that's because of this and that. Really? Jesus, is there a hurt there that you can move me to minister to? And that, I mean, mm-hmm. how can we be more like him? The more we behold him, the more we see his conversations and have a conversation with him. Um. Dan said that Jesus is God's voice. Obviously, in, in John uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is Jesus. Russ, what's the number one way that you would suggest people to connect with Jesus? I think Scripture is probably the best reading the Gospels for starters because it shows his life. Mm. It's full of his character and his nature. Mm. Um, just, I mean, just the stories that we're talking about, just the grace and the mercies that he's showing all of the people that he's encountered through these, these stories that we've, we've talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, even this, his humanity with Lazarus and the people around, he wept. You know, clearly because he is human, yeah, he felt the loss of a friend of his own and the family members around him, mm. you know. Um, yeah, this scripture, yeah. That's good. Um, Lori, when you think of the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. that's us, that's the church, mm-hmm. what, what would you say to fellow members that are the bride of Christ? What would be your encouragement to them 
to maybe recognize the fact that they are his, that they belong to Jesus. All right. What, what, what goes off on inside of you when you, when you hear that the bride of Christ, because Dan talked about that briefly at the end of his message about how we're the bride of Christ, how he's, you know, inviting us to go on this thing. Mm-hmm. But with that mindset of mm-hmm. bride of Christ, you know, like, what does that mean? Yeah. That what does that saying? mean to you? Yeah. What would, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think I shared this a few weeks ago at church, but I felt like the first thing that God really wrecked me in was being his daughter. That was like the first like kapowi for me, Mm. (laughs) you know, the idea of the perfect father and what that means. And that still gets me. But I do feel like he's had me on this journey of like, I'm being wrecked by the fact that I get to be his bride. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I think of it very, very simply, Mm. but I guess I just see the bride as, um, the bride is partnering with Jesus, the groom, you know, in his ministry. And the bride is constantly, pointing to Jesus and who he is and mm. what he's done. And she gets to run with Jesus and That's do, good. do the things he did. I love where you brought that too is when the Bible talks about marriage, mm-hmm. especially from the beginning there, it wasn't above, it wasn't mm-hmm. below, it was from his side right? that God right. brought Eve, right? Mm-hmm. And that right there was that perfect union. And I think that's what God delivered Jesus, the greatest gift forever, so we could come into this Mm -hmm. covenant Mm -hmm. and be at Jesus' side. Mm -hmm. And he's calling us from these different places that sin, shame, guilt, they take us down. He calls us up. He calls his bride up. Mm -hmm. He's encouraging her. You know, I saw this silly thing today. This is, okay, I had, help me with this. Mm Self-love, self-worth, I don't want to talk about that, but I'm talking about that because I don't see Jesus anywhere tell anybody to look in the mirror five times a day and give themselves a high five. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I was at the pump today, and there's this video talking about, hey, give yourself a high five five times a day, and you'll feel better about yourself. Okay. Yeah. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, I'm inside of you. Right. Jesus says, I mean, the Bible talks about greater is he that's inside of you than he that's in the world. There's all these different things that Jesus did and he gave us direction. The world would try to give us different tips. Right. Different gems, so to speak, that would help us to get to this level of, Mm -hmm. wow, I feel good about myself. Yeah, that's so true. But who is that? Okay. Counterfeit counterfeit indeed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what does jesus do jesus says i died for you i paid a price for you Mm -hmm. now you get to spend eternity with me i go i'm preparing a place for you Mm -hmm. but while you're here you're the light Mm -hmm. that's pretty uplifting wow i'm the light yes you're the light Mm -hmm. act like it (laughs) okay what else does he say about it he says so much about us Mm -hmm. right yeah you're a new creature Mm -hmm. that's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. your old sinful nature that's dead why 
because you asked me into your heart. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that Jesus does for us as the bride right. to get us to realize there's no lack of those things available from his word, like Russ was talking about, where we can download this information, but we have to do something about it for ourselves. We have to go after it. Um, well, guys, we're getting close to the end here, but Russ, you know, I want to say this because uh, Dan mentioned this briefly at the end here about how Jesus wants to move us deeper to the next level and not to be entry level. Because, you know, when we get, when we break free from those things, I mean, he, he took us on this journey of religious restrictions mm -hmm. with Nicodemus. Sinful, shameful disconnection at the woman at the well. Jesus brought her to that place. But then Jesus shows us, I can bring things that are dead back to life. Mm -hmm. So you, we see this level, this where he took us of like, okay, you're in, mm -hmm. born again, great. Oh, you're dealing with your past? Don't worry about your past. I'll take care of that. Then he says, oh, you, you really are dealing with some stuff. I'm going to speak life into that. Mm -hmm. So, Russ, for those people that feel like they're at entry level, God's calling them to the next level. What would you say to them for them to come up to that next, that next place? Because it might be scary, or it might take some work, or it, you know, this is me giving my excuse, or, or, or uh, but, but. What would you put on your dad face? Yeah, put my dad face. Put your dad face on. Let's talk <laughs> to some of these critters out there. Critters? White cre creations. There new creations. Okay, okay. Yeah, like okay. new creations in Christ Jesus. Critters. That was my thing. Like critters? Critters is more like animals, right? <laughs> Happy place. Okay. Happy place. What would you say to all these wonderful new creations in Christ Jesus? Hey, there we go. That are, they're just kind of, their feet are in the ground, yeah. and yeah, they're in, but they don't really want to go to the next, or they know they should, but... Uh. What would your wisdom be? My wisdom. I guess I just don't look at it as levels. Not to Did I say levels? take you off a no. off topic here, but... No, you're good, just, thank we're you. We're on a journey. Amen. You know, and I just, one day at a time. That's good. Press in, stay in the Word, stay close to Him. And I think as we do that, we become more like him because that obviously is his objective. It's his goal yeah. for him to show through more mm. so that, like you were saying earlier, he wants us to shine his light. Yeah. So as we continue to walk with him mm. day by day, that light's going to shine more because we become more like him. Yeah. I don't know if that's really the, no, that's good. what and you're think, looking for no, as far I think as that's, levels no, go. No, that's good. But, I think you know, when I say, when I say, glory to glory. Yeah, well, know, levels too. To right, right. I think when I, say, when I say levels, I think there's a, there's a place where you just, you're in, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're in and you don't really have the depth or the, or the knowledge of all those life experience of how he's been so good, he's been so faithful, like sure. David talks about, like, because then we transition from, okay, I'm in to, wow, I'm carrying this message and now we're delivering it to other people around us. Sure. You know, like Dan said in his message about the guy he ran to the restaurant. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like, well, I guess what I was going for. Like okay. that level, that's just yeah. a very oh, yeah. whatever word. But what I, what I guess what I would encourage people to do as well is to, okay, you've got the truth. Sure. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to know that he can do these things that he does, but now know that you can go and take that to other people. Sure. And I'm so thankful that Dan shared that story because that mm -hmm. really encouraged me because yeah, here Dan is.
talk about his journey about how as a little boy, he knew all these things about God. He knew all these things. And then finally there came a point in his life where he said, hmm, what about you, Jesus? Are you real? And he, he, he showed that in that moment with him and his wife, he was still hesitant and scared to talk to somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he said, who cares? Yeah. Jesus cares. Mm-hmm. That encouraged me. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps me die to myself. Yeah. And so that level talk, yeah, let's throw that to a side and let's just say, mm-hmm. you know, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's, I mean, I'm not telling people out there right now to grow up, but maybe I am. <laughs> but well, sometimes, sometimes it comes it take, it's a step of faith you know yeah. when we feel those nudges from the holy spirit yeah. to go and do things like that yeah go talk to that guy i mm. mean it mm-hmm. it takes it takes courage yeah boldness but what's so encouraging about the story is that he was obedient and god was with him mm. he had their backs and they were able to encourage that guy mm-hmm. yeah share their faith with him encourage his faith yeah. and pray with him you know, I don't remember. Was he a Christian? I don't remember if that guy he, was a Christian. Well, so what happened he was... is he 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 told the person there serving, "Hey, yeah, I got cancer. I've got cancer. Right. Well, and then when he was talking to Dan and Barb, he's like, "Well, God, basically, God chastises his children. Right. And hmm. This holy religious hmm. thing that was a bunch of garbage, hmm. thing that this came from God, mm-hmm. which isn't the truth. Right. God doesn't." Right hand out cancer pills and yeah. cancer things on the his children. Yeah. So in that, there was this moment of vulnerability that they ministered, and he just started confessing everything. Mm-hmm. It was confessional. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of freedom took place in that moment yeah. because of their obedience. So I would encourage myself and everybody out there to mm-hmm. be obedient. Be obedient. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Or you can say, maybe there's a few more yeah, things. No, I don't know. Good. But no, I just feel like a theme maybe from today too a little bit. Um, but one thing I just love about Jesus is that we mentioned the counterfeit, like love that our culture is trying to preach. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, obviously it's, it's empty because it's not rooted in the truth or in Jesus. But, um, yeah, I just love how... You know, the world will um, think you're great one day and think you're garbage the next. Mm. Um, But the love that Jesus bestows is once and for all. And that's what wrecked me in that testimony I shared at the beginning is Uh that he showed me that he loved me and he never stopped, you know. So So anyway, just there's such a freedom in coming into the love of Jesus that it doesn't come and go. It's bestowed mm. upon us once and for all, and we get to like live in that if we choose to. Right. You know? And that whole come and go thing you're talking about there, that can happen from a lot of different things where we have yeah. earthly relationships mm-hmm. where people go ahead and put approval on us because we did or didn't do something. Mm-hmm. And that carries over into our mindset, especially if it was a parental or mm-hmm. guardian-like figure mm-hmm. who did those things and disapproved. God's a good God. And yeah, he, mm-hmm. he, dis, he disciplines or corrects those he loves. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation just recently with um, a friend of mine. Now more than ever in my life, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I desire, mm-hmm. I use the word correction. Mm-hmm. I desire God's correction. And to give a little bit more 
idea to that is like if I have my one of my little kids and they're running into the road, mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to get them out of the road. Mm-hmm. Now, if I say it loudly to put a little in their life, mm-hmm. they're going to appreciate that later. And so God doesn't have to scream at me, obviously, but mm-hmm. when I say correction, like it's almost like a, a navigational thing. Or I guess this it'd be like just like being led by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But I desire that more than ever because I don't want to make a mistake in the sense of like, I don't want to get off course. I want right. to stay right here. Not like a works type thing, but like right. in tune with like, God, what are you saying? Yeah. What are you saying? Like, yeah. you know, not to go freaky like, hey, Lord, what shirt do I wear today? <laughs> but like, I don't want to mess up because I want right. to, at the end of the day, I so want to hear those words when everything's done and over with this short, teeny, tiny little life on the page of eternity. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you made me happy. Mm-hmm. I was so happy when you were obedient there. Mm-hmm. I was so happy when I corrected you mm-hmm. and you didn't turn your back on me and get full of pride. I'm so happy that you confessed that because I know that was something that was keeping you down. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy when that person came over and told you that that you didn't punch him in the face. You know what I mean? Like right, that was just me right. being human, Absolutely. but like, that's yeah. what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. And when you start talking a minute ago, what I really feel like is somebody out there, they have put their vehicle in park and mm-hmm. they don't want to go forward because of the feeling of this happened before. Cause when I was going forward with Jesus, boom, I got sideswiped. So now hmm. I put my little happy bus in park and me and Jesus, we're having hot cocoa in the back, looking at the beautiful scenery hmm. that's going by. The traffic's where people watching. Hmm. But I believe what God's telling you to do is go ahead and put that pretty bus back and drive hmm. and know that he is right there with you in the passenger seat, hmm. giving you the ability and the direction. Hmm. So go forward. Amen. Don't hesitate because that hesitation is because of those past things that took place. Those past things that took place, just like those people. They thought, Jesus, if you were here and you thought, Jesus, if you were there, mm-hmm. but he's here right now and he's, he is so willing and he's so powerful and he has the ability to speak, to do things you can't even see where the miraculous take place in your life mm-hmm. and transformation begins out there, in there, over there, which causes your little happy bus to keep going forward. Mm-hmm. And you do what God's called you to do. Amen. Anyways, that's my spiel. Russ, any, any final thoughts today? I'm just with Lori, the unconditional love. Mm, that's that, good. That, that's what keeps us moving, mm-hmm. just understanding that there's nothing we can do. That separates. That's good. That's really good. Lori? I feel clear. All hearts clear. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's podcast at Church in the City. Um, Looking forward to seeing you all out there again one day, someday. And until then, enjoy your evening. And let's just go ahead and finish in prayer. Lori, you start in prayer, Russ, and then I'll just... Boom, put the exclamation point on it. So, Lori, you pray, and we'll go round table. Okay. Ready? Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Yeah, go. All right. Yes. (laughs) Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for your heart towards us. Thank you for giving us 
your word that is alive and active. And um, I thank you for your heart for us, your heart that is full of love and your heart that invites us into the more of what you have for us. And it's always more, more freedom and more of you. And Lord, would you show us how to um, take what we learned about you today and be your bride mm. and partner with you and yes, what Lord. you're doing on the earth. So thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you that your Holy Spirit is in us, mm. that he leads us and he guides us. Father, we just ask that you would continue to give us boldness to be obedient as yes, we were Lord. talking earlier. Father, just to have the sensitive heart and ears to hear your spirit, Father, that we would be aware of our surroundings, to be sensitive to the people around us, Father, because you want to touch lives. Mm. Amen. We thank you for a heart to, to lead us into obedience, Father, to be a light. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for your plan, your plan of salvation that included all of us. Thank you for Jesus showing us the way. Thank you that we can walk away from this place today knowing that he speaks to us clearly. We thank you for everybody who hears you they hear your heart you're such a good father you're such a loving savior jesus thank you for showing us and giving us clarity when in this world today the enemy would try to cloud our vision mm. so we thank you that we have precision from the holy spirit tonight Amen. precision from heaven through the words of Jesus that cut through the pain, the hurt, the past failures, precision that brings life, mm -hmm. precision that causes us to get back on track for the destiny that you have for us. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan, for having us. God bless. God bless all of you out there. Hit the like button. Ta-ta for now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of a Church in the City podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this podcast with a friend as we are fulfilling our mission to empower a movement of passionate Jesus followers. Thank you again, and we'll see you guys all next week.